This is the Abraham's Wallet podcast. Abraham's Wallet spans the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. Hello, fellas. We're getting ready for part three of our unified theory of giving. And um, in our first part, we talked about the fact that giving is a blessing from God. It is a responsibility, but it's a great gift from God and a great waiter to have our character formed in his image. And in the second part, I talked about that we're to support our church community whoever that might be, and gave some time to defining who that might be. I want to talk to you right now about um, giving to your vision. That is putting money aside to give to the vision that God has given you. I, I, I want to go a little farther into your giving strategy. I, I think a great sadness is that because of the teachings from the local church house, which according to books like The Open Church, didn't exist in any form outside of the home until the 390s. Agency and responsibility has been extracted from homes. And by homes, I mean families. I don't mean buildings. And from families, I mean fathers. And then reassigned to an external organization. These local religious organization uh, organizations have co-opted you in many ways. Now, I don't mean that there's ill intent from people at the local church house, but just by virtue of the system that has arisen, things have been removed from you like this. They educate your children spiritually. That, by and large, is how people educate their kids, is to they send them off to the church house and hope that what's being taught to them is acceptable and will leave them up to snuff. You know, that's something you're supposed to do as the leader of your home. They handle spiritually serving the body of Christ. So they kind of just say, we'll be the clearinghouse for all that stuff, and we'll help the right gifts come to maturity, and we'll create forums for uh, gifts to be used, etc. Those are great. I'm so glad they do that. Um, why am I so glad they do that? Because people don't do that in their homes, which you're supposed to do. Uh, the body of Christ is a, is a home-based um, organization. They handle leading in kingdom ventures. Again, I'm grateful that church organizations have done this. Um, why? Because we're supposed to be doing that, and by and large, we don't. And they handle the redistribution of money, by and large. I think of my own giving for so many years was simply, I'll write a check to the organization. I'm sure they'll get this into the hands of the needy. Instead of thinking, wait, it's, is it my responsibility to do that? Yes, we're supposed to do that. So I'm sorry if I am choking you with my opening comments here, and that might be enough to make your head swim for a while. Um, just thinking that I'm supposed to educate my children spiritually uh, would would bog me down if I hadn't considered that. But from this point on, I'm just going to act like living out the administration of the kingdom is your problem. 
and that you're going to answer straight to God on what his kingdom looks like in your locale. As if, you know, God was making his appeal straight through you, which is exactly what 2 Corinthians 5 says. So please do not interrupt today's diatribe with, but my church, my religious organization, whatever comes to your mind, don't, don't do any of that. I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you, the guy that's listening to this, and your home and your family. Flex your muscles, boys. I'll remind you, I said this in one of my earlier uh, installments, that a big packet of money will go through your hands this year, and what happens with it is entirely up to you. Now, that's power. I'm going to assume from this point that you understand, based on your thorough digestion of the second part of the series, that giving to your community of faith is quite important and that we can proceed from there. So let's do it. I'm not going to rehash those points. I'm not going to make caveats to say you should still be giving to your church, blah, blah, blah. I already said that. The aspect of giving we're going to forge into today might be the most fun of them all. It's an aspect that's entirely up to you. By the way, giving to your church community isn't player's choice. It's assumed. And next week's subject, giving to God's concerns, is, well defined by God, not you. And you can do with it as you please, this this one where I'm about to talk about. So for somebody with vision, it's a way to pour fuel to onto your interests, but it can be paralyzing for somebody who's never really considered it. It's one of the best ways you can put a dent in the world, and it's virtually unexplored territory by much of the bride of Christ. And it is, as I said earlier, giving to your vision. Now, I'm a believer in understanding best you can. It's never complete or perfect. Understanding exactly why God has you here. Yes, yes, you're supposed to be a servant. Yes, and you're supposed to look like Jesus, and you're supposed to make disciples and lead. Yes, we're all supposed to have those things. But how? We're all different, and each man is a unique combination of gifts and skills and personality. And each married couple is still more varied in its combination of gifts and proclivities. And each family is, well... There are simply no two families that are exactly alike. So why has God put your family on planet Earth? Have you ever asked that question? Now, I'm pretty sure the answer is not because clothes need wearing and food needs eating and Disneyland needs another batch of customers. That is not why you're here. Your family team exists because there's a specific aroma God wants on this planet at this time, and you've got it inside your family collective in a way that no one else does. If you lump together the specific gifts and callings of your family and can find a through line in there, we call that your family mission. Here are a few examples of that. The Smith family exists to call prodigals home to the kingdom of Christ. So that'd be great for uh, an evangelist family. The Fowler family exists to reproduce godly leadership in the marketplace. So that might be a business leader family. The Winger family exists to shepherd new believers into mature families. So that might be a pastoring, disciple-making family, or might be the Manuel family exists to create environments where disciples of Jesus can be formed. Now, now these mission statements evolve, and different seasons of life produce different missions. Um, for instance, the Joneses exist to keep five small children alive and put some Bible verses in them as we can fit it in between feedings and diaper changes is not a joke. It's a reality for one stage of a large family's life. 
But let's just say for today's purposes that you've got a good concrete mission statement and you found it to be the perfect heading for the last three years, like the Oaxaca family exists to exalt the word of God in our neighborhood and networks. That's a very strong statement here, and and that's a very strong surname I've created, the Oaxaca family. I would assume that at least dad is gifted as a teacher, just seeing that statement. Let me say that statement again. The Oaxaca family exists to exalt the word of God in our neighborhood and network. So I would assume that at least dad is a teacher, if not the majority of the members of this family. So they are a teacher family. Wonderful. We desperately need those. I would also expect that this family, if that's the mission statement they've come up with their family, that they do things like, I don't know, they host a preteen girls Bible study with mom and daughter leading the way. They, uh, dad teaches through the epistles at the local church. Um, they have a dedicated study hour during their Sabbath, etc. You get the idea. These people love the Bible and they work their gifts and calling into every part of their family's rhythms and efforts. Now, Here comes the fun part. So if God put the Oaxaca family on earth to make much of his word, what should they do with their money that's set aside for giving? Should they just blankly and mutely write a check to the local church house for all of their giving money and then be done with it? No, I don't think so. They should exploit all their capitals to execute their God-given mission. Imagine what wonderful things this little family could do to push their family's teaching mission forward with cash dollars. Here's just some things they might could do with money. They could buy Bible. They could buy Bibles for all the girls in that little uh, preteen Bible study group. They could make dad's church content more robust with some sweet software or visual aids or a study program for dad. They could give to the Gideons, who pass out free Bibles all over the world. They could give to the Bible League, who also give out Bibles. They could train pastors around the world who could never otherwise have access to scriptural training. They could create a mission trip for expounding on and handing out God's Word in a nearby city. Heck, why don't you invite the girls from the Bible study? They might not be able to raise all the money to go on that trip, but guess what? You could pay for some of it. They could give to Wycliffe Bible translators. Did you know that over 2,000 languages on planet Earth have yet to have a Bible translation started? It's true. They could take a family trip with any of the above groups or go visit the Museum of the Bible in D.C., which is awesome. Or they could go to Israel where dad could learn all sorts of amazing Bible stuff right at its source. Basically, anything that spurs on the Oaxaca family and furthers their mission to exalt the word of God in their networks or their neighborhoods would be a really happy destination for their giving dollars. Can you see how amazing this is? Just dream of the possibilities for your family, for your family's mission. What if you plunked some actual cash monies down to further God's mission in and out of your family. It could be great. Just imagine, what if all the evangelists you knew were actively pushing out the gospel in fun, culturally current, meet them where they are ways? Again, not just licking a stamp and hoping that the local church house does evangelism the way it, quote, should be done or the way you think it should be done. What if you put dollars down as an evangelist family? We're going to do it. 
What if all the apostles you knew were funded to put feet to their God-inspired dreams of kingdom expansion? All the places that apostles want to lay foundations for the church around them. Think, oh, that takes money. Uh, well, too bad I don't have any money to do that. Gosh, I wish the local church would approve the program I'm trying to get done. Well, why are you waiting on them? They don't know. They don't know all of your dreams and plans. Why don't you use the giving money that God's given you? Yeah, of course. Yeah, keep giving to your local community of faith. I already talked about that. But give some of your giving dollars toward the things that God's put on your heart. What if all the prophets you knew were going wherever they felt the Holy Spirit ground zero was, and they were getting the download from God, and then having the time and the platform to megaphone it out to the rest of us? Wouldn't that be great? That'd be amazing, right? Think of all of the people you know and their spiritual gifts, instead of waiting around going, I wish somebody could provide a program that would be specially designed for my gifts. Why don't you just go do it with your giving dollars that you've already got from God in that packet that he's given you? Don't you think that the responsibility he's given you to steward your gifts and the responsibility he's given you to steward the packet of money, don't you think those things are supposed to meet somewhere? Yeah, of course. It'd be amazing if everybody did this. You'll note that I've got people going on several trips in an effort to live out their family calling. That was some of my little suggestions there. This, too, is quite biblical, as God mandated, he didn't suggest it, he mandated that his people burn an entire tithe, 10%, going on a family spiritual trip annually. That's straight out of Deuteronomy 14. You can go read it for yourself. That is, an entire tithe for going on a family spiritual trip annually. That could be a mission trip that somebody else sets up, and it might not. It might just be a research trip that you create. Um, this tithe was consumed by your family, this Deuteronomy 14 tithe, as you went somewhere to seek the Lord. So maybe there's a conference you go to as a family that, that piques your interest. Um, I love going to those myself. I love I love sitting under someone else's teaching just to react to it. Um, even if you wouldn't say, oh, I 100% agree with everything I heard, you, it still provokes you to get you in a space where you're thinking in a different way. I, I like conferences and I like my family going on conferences. I'm very grateful that historically it was called off this year, but I'm very grateful that historically in Cincinnati, um, we've had the homeschooling conference come here to Cincinnati I love to go there. I love to take my wife and kids there. And I love um, for us to just put our head in that space and just to ask ourselves. It's so easy to just put our education on, on cruise control and just run it the same way we've been running it. But I enjoy stepping out of my life, thinking in a fresh way about what can we do different? What can we do better? That's time and money. And I think it's worth it. So, so yeah, you could go to conference as a family, or you could do a long spiritually oriented visit to a church of someone in your church community, or you could do a historical road trip to see, for instance, signs of the second great awakening revival. These are all great uses of this money. I've been really interested in uh, the second great awakening lately, and Charles Finney was up at Oberlin, uh, Oberlin College in Northern Ohio. 
There, I'm, I'm interested in the establishment of the Northwest Territory. I just read a book this year called The Pioneers. It's all about that. I'm interested in going to Rochester, New York, and seeing some of the sites of where revival hit there. And so I'm trying to plan a road trip with my family um, to, to go to some of those sites. So those are all great uses of that money. They would build, just think, they would build a spiritual um, foundation for your family. They would educate and inspire you spiritually. But but but, but I thought that, that giving the tithe only meant giving money to the local church, you stammer. Well, you th- 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 thought wrong, b- b- bro. Giving to the Lord's work includes funding the work he wants done in and through your home. Ever thought of that one? Maybe somebody just convinced you somewhere along the way that when you give to the Lord's work, that it goes again to the local church house and you can't ever touch it again. Did you ever think that the Lord wants to do work through you and through your family? That's why you should give to your vision. It's what you're here for. So uh, again, I'm trying. To, I'm just trying to cast a broad net and describe what it might be like for you to to sit down and go, "What was my family made for? What are some of the things that we feel called to, and how could we start putting money to set those things on fire?" Um, that would be again really valuable use of your giving dollars. And how can I? spend money for input for my family so that we're grown and we're stretched and we're encouraged and we're inspired, whether it's going to hear teaching. Uh, I've got a dear friend, an old friend named Joe who lives in Missouri. We grew up together in Texas. I now live in Cincinnati. He lives in Missouri. Taking the time and money to take my family to Missouri to be around Joe's family, to visit his farm, to visit his church, those would all be really valuable. My my children would understand the church in a different way if we got to hop around and visit people. We do that. Heck, me and Mark, uh, me and Mark spend time and money every year for our families to visit each other. Him in Salt Lake City, me in Cincinnati. We think that's spiritually healthy for our families. So again, I'm just trying to just trying to describe it to you about what it means to give to your vision. So tune in next time for even more of uh, great ideas for spending your hard-earned money in wonderful ways. I'll see you uh, part four where we're going to talk about giving to God's vision. All right, thanks. Thanks.